With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State coaches, players, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we have audio from Wednesday, November 18th, media availability with OSU quarterback Justin Fields, wide receivers coach Brian Hartline, co-defensive coordinator Greg Madison, and defensive end Zach Harrison. Now, before we get into the audio, a few PSAs. As seems to often be the case with these audio files supplied by the Ohio State Athletic Department, we're going to pick up the presser with the first question already in progress. Sorry about that. Nothing we can do. You will also likely notice that a number of the respondents might sound a bit muffled as they are wearing a mask while in the OSU media room. The first interviewee for the day, though, is Justin Fields, and he appears to be in his apartment, so no masks, no problem. Now, if you are finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are releasing a different podcast episode every single day of the Ohio State football season, Monday through Sunday, and they all have vastly different focuses and perspectives. I guarantee that there is not another Ohio State podcast feed quite like ours. Okay, with all that out of the way, here's OSU quarterback Justin Fields. We've talked to you a number of times about the way you've avoided interceptions and the costly mistakes. Indiana's jumped on a bunch of those through the first four weeks. What's the challenge for you against this uh, secondary on Saturday? Um, I think they've been getting so many interceptions, not only because of their secondary, because of uh, what blitzes they bring. So I think, you know, our job on offense is just to pick up every blitz and, you know, just, just execute on offense, throw in, throw in, catch the ball. So, uh what I've seen on film, uh, they blitz, and the quarterback doesn't know where it's coming from, and the quarterback gets right in the pocket, and he ends up making a bad decision or making an errant throw. So that's going to be the tough part this week is just, you know, picking up their blitzes, and, you know, and, and if we do that, I, I feel like we'll be pretty successful on the field throwing the ball. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Okay, we'll go next to Dave Biddle from 247. Dave? Thanks, Mike. Hi, Justin. Uh, Indiana has the same defensive coordinator that they did last year. Obviously, Tom Allen, their head coach, is a defensive guy. Um, but they seem to be a better defense this year. Are they doing anything differently, or are they just a year older and a year better? Uh, they have a lot of great athletes on defense. Of course, they have a great coach and uh, uh, their head coach, Tom Allen. But, I mean, they, they do a little bit of things differently. You know, I, don't, I think they probably added some stuff. But, um, 
Yeah, like I said before, they have great athletes and a great coaching staff. So it's no surprise that they're having such a great year. Thank you. Ready? Go next to Tim May from Letterman Row. Tim. Thank you very much, Mike. Hey, uh, Justin, as you watch these guys on video, is there is there a rhyme or reason to, to how they blitz? Are, are you picking up tells as this goes on? Because because they kind of seem to come from all angles at times. Just uh, how would you describe their blitz package? Yeah, they bring so many different blitzes. So, I mean, it's hard to tell. They do a great job disguising it. But uh, like I said before, we just have to do a good job picking up those blitzes. But, uh, yeah, they do bring a lot of blitzes from, you know, all areas of, of, the, of the field. So we just got to be looking out for it. Thanks, man. Yep. All righty, we'll uh, go next to Tony Gerdeman. Okay, scoop. Tony. Listen, you may have been answering this with each question, but what does Indiana do better than um, maybe anybody, anybody you guys have seen this year so far on defense? What do they do better? I mean, they must be doing something better. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I mean, uh, I think they look better as an over, overall defense. You know, like I said before, they have great athletes in the secondary. They play a lot of people in the secondary, so uh, we've been getting getting ready for those guys for a good bit now. So, so we should be ready. But I wouldn't necessarily say they just do one thing better than another defense does. They probably do a, a little bit stuff differently on defense, which might work out. So their scheme might be better than other defenses, but I don't, I don't know, like, a particular thing that they do better than other defenses that we play. Is this the best defense you'll play this year so far? Um, I'm not sure because I haven't watched, you know, film on the other defenses that we play, uh, you know, it, uh, later in the year. But um, I think it's definitely one of the best defenses we'll, we'll play all year. All righty, we'll go next to Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch. Bill. Yeah, Justin, obviously you have a lot of confidence in, in Garrett and Chris. So they have 42 receptions. No other wide receiver has more than five. Um, is that just a product of how good those two are, or is there something that you're still kind of trying to find uh, a comfort level with the other receivers? No, I feel like I'm comfortable with um, all the receivers. I mean, we've been working uh, ever since our season got canceled. So um, not only Chris and Garrett, uh, I feel comfortable with all my receivers. You know, I feel like we're all on the same page. They're all great receivers, or they wouldn't be at Ohio State. But uh, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, a, a hit on other receivers that I'm not on the same page as them. Uh, the ball just ends up in Chris and Garrett's hands more. So, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, the other receivers know that. And, you know, uh, our job this year is just to do our job uh, and, and not really worry about who's, who's getting the ball uh, more more so on, you know, the plays. Uh, and all we want to accomplish this year is just to win each and every game. So it's a team thing. So we're not trying to really look at it at um, individual stats and stuff like that. Of the other guys, are there one or two that, that you really are finding a comfort zone with that you really feel confident with? Like I said before, I, I feel comfortable with um, all, all of our receivers. You know, there's not really um, ones that I feel more or less comfortable with. I think all of them are great receivers, great athletes, great people. So I just feel, you know, feel, feel comfortable with, with, with all the guys. All right. Thanks, Justin. Mm -hmm. All righty. We'll go next to Nathan Baird, com. Nathan? Hey, Justin. We were talking yesterday to Josh Myers about the offensive line play right now, and he said that he felt there's some ways where they're still adapting in terms of their communication with each other. How much do you also play into that, and where do you feel like your cohesiveness is with the offensive line halfway through the season? Uh, the only time I communicate with the O-line is, you know, pre-snap, getting the ID, but uh, I think Josh is talking about more and, you know, bumping things off and, you know, 
kind of uh, communication within the line during the play, I think that's more more so of what he was talking about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my part in communicating with the O-line is just before the play, uh, I, I'd be a linebacker. Sometimes Josh does it. Sometimes I do it. If I see something, you know, that might trump his call or, or whatever like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think those guys will, you know, fix fix any problems they have. They're hard workers. They have a great coach and coach said So, um, yeah, those, those guys should, should fix that in no time. All righty, go next to Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Joey. Justin, uh, through your both seasons at Ohio State, you've been really good at not throwing interceptions. You only threw three last year, and you haven't thrown a pick this year. What's been the key for you in, in that area and limiting turnovers and, and not throwing picks? Is that a focus for you? Why do you think that's why – you, why you've been so good in that area? Um, I mean, I've always looked at the quarterback position in uh, pretty simple uh, in terms of not throwing interceptions, and that's just not throwing the ball to the other team, you know. Uh, so, of course, it sounds easier than it than it is uh, playing the game, but, I mean, that just comes with reps, knowing where your guys are going to be, uh, trusting in your teammates and, and, and doing that stuff. So I feel like all of that goes into, you know, making my decisions and, and, and having success on the field. And- you talked earlier about Indiana's defense, the way they, they blitz and, and bring pressure, um, and obviously that can cause turnovers. Do you see anything from their secondary that's allowed them to to, to cause takeaways and, and create picks? Because they've been – I think they lead the conference in that department. Uh, no, not really. Uh, like I said before, they have great players. They do a lot on defense. But like, like I said before, those turnovers, I think, came off of, you know, pressures that the quarterbacks – you know, maybe panicked in the pocket and made a poor decision, and that's what they uh, came up with a takeaway. So that's what my job is, is to not panic and stay calm in the pocket and, you know, de- deliver uh, football to my receivers. So, I mean, that's it's pretty simple. Thanks. All right, we'll go next to Patrick Murphy, 247. Patrick. Justin, given the lack of non-conference games, you didn't get Oregon, um, the way the season's played out, this could be your only top 10 game. Do you look forward to, to these opportunities when, when you know the whole country is kind of watching when you're in, you know, three versus nine type of situations? I mean, we look forward to every opportunity because, I mean, last week our whole game got canceled. So uh, we know that every game isn't promised and, you know, we have to take one game at a time. So I think, you know, since we're in this situation or pandemic or whatever, you know, I think our team is taking, you know, each game one at a time and we're cherishing each and every game because we know that, it could be our last, so uh, we're, we're not taking any game lightly, and we're going to try and play every game like it's our last game. Are you surprised at all that, that a top-10 game is coming against Indiana as opposed to maybe a Penn State or Michigan? No, not really. Um, I think Indiana's a good team. I think a lot of people were sleeping on them at the beginning of the year, but uh, they've clearly shown that they, they you know, can compete. They are a good team, and they have great coaching, so it's not really a surprise. All righty, we'll go next to Brendan Gulick. Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated. Brendan. Hey Justin, obviously with last week's game being canceled, you know, you've only played three, but of the eight regular season games, I guess this kind of marks the, the unofficial start to the second half of the season. Take the stats out of it for a second if you can and just try to evaluate for me how you look at your performance so far and, and what you think you've done well, what you think you still need to work on. Um, I think I can improve in, you know, all aspects of the game. I'm not going to point them out, of course. But, um, 
I think I still have a, a lot of room to improve and, you know, I'm just going to try to get better each and every day. But I think I've done a good job, you know, uh, taking what the defense gives me and making smart decisions and, you know, keeping uh, our offense on schedule. So that's, that's my job. And my job is to execute each and every play to the best of my ability. And uh, that's what I'm going to try out there and, and, and do. So I, I feel like I've done a good job at those things. You know, when we when we were in the summertime and the, the season got postponed and there was obviously a lot going on, right, then the season comes back and everybody's trying to digest what they think this is going to look like, whether the season's going to go off without a hitch, how these games are going to be played, all of the stuff that goes on here. Has, has anything surprised you or caught you off guard about how you've had to prepare different things you've had to do as a team or individually? Just has anything surprised you about this whole process? Uh, no, I think, you know, throughout this whole process, the one thing that I've learned is you're going to get surprises. So it's, it's the way you react to them. It's the way you deal with those surprises. Just like last week, uh, take last week for an example, we were, it was like 20 minutes before we were about to go out and practice and we just have found out that our game got canceled. So I think our team is, uh, used to, you know, uh, changes and I think our job, you know, to, uh, that our, our job, like with those changes is, you know, just to react the best way and, you know, to control what we can control at the end of the day. All right, you got time for two more. We'll go to uh, Tim Hall from 97.1. Tim. We'll go to Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. Stephen. Hey, Justin, you're talking about how Indiana sends a lot of blitzes from a lot of different places and you've played a decent amount of, uh, football as a starter at this point. Have you started at all to see maybe a repeat of some of just similar things and similar and different opponents that you played? If that makes any sense. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I think a lot of our opponents play the same coverages. So, I mean, there's you know so many coverages a defenses can can put in a, in a game plan. So, um, there's there's definitely similarities between teams and the types of blitzes you know we see. Um, especially, you know, in a recent game, if a team has been successful on that blitz, you know, uh, another team in the future might try to run that same blitz. But, um, yeah, I think we see a lot of similarities with teams and the way they run their defense and, you know, the blitzes they bring. So it's our job to, you know, bring up the pass and how we did it in the past and just, you know, really improve from that and uh, see what we need to learn on and uh, improve so on. So to that – so kind of to that, when you watch Indiana on film, um, is there a, a game or a team that they kind of remind you of defensively? Uh, no, not really. Just the scheme. Think, yeah, their, their scheme is definitely different from, you know, the teams we've played this year. Um, I think they blitz a lot more. Uh, I think they run – they might run a, a few more coverages, but not, not really. But um, I, I think they just do a good, great job with disguising their pressures and disguising who's coming. So I think – that's going to be the big challenge this week. Thanks. All right, and one last question. We'll go to Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Spencer. Justin, uh, everybody's been talking about Indiana bringing a lot of blitzes and, and doing different things on defense. And, and last year, you guys in those situations like to use JK in the pass game. Um, would you like to see Master and, and Trey get a little more involved in the pass game out of the backfield? Um. I like to do whatever Coach Day thinks we should do to win the game. I mean, I'm not going to tell Coach Day how to run his offense, you know. Um, I think he's been doing this long enough to, you know, know what we need to do on offense to be successful. So that's my job is to listen to him and take all I can from him and to 
execute, you know, the, the play calling to the best of my ability. So that, that's my job. So we, we saw uh, Master a little bit in the last game, and, and obviously Trey's experience in Oklahoma catching the ball out of the backfield. You're, you're confident that those guys can do those kind of things, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, we've been working on it, um, you know, since we've been, we've been uh, practicing. So um, I'm not really sure why they haven't been involved in the uh, passing game. You know, you, that, I think that's a question for Coach Dave, but, but they, they have been involved a little bit. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe he's saving something up his sleeve for later in the season. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so I'm not really worried about that. Though. I'm just worried about competing and, you know, winning each and every game. That, that's my main focus. All right, Justin, thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Next up is former Buckeye and NFL receiver turned wide receiver coach and recruiting superstar Brian Hartline. All right, Coach Hartline, thank you uh, very much for joining us. Uh, we will uh, lead it off here with Jeremy Birmingham from uh, Letterman Row. Jeremy. Hey, Brian. You guys on the recruiting trail are regularly going against some of the best programs in the country. Um, you know, we hear a ton about the culture buzzword. What do you, what do you think your receiver room, where do you think it best exemplifies the difference between the culture at Ohio State and other places? And how do you present that to recruits when you're having the opportunity to talk to them? Uh, well, I think that, one, there's no trail anymore. I think it's just more like – a recruiting room we just sit in our room all the time but I would say that you know I, I really try not to focus on other programs I just focus on what uh coach day and our culture has to offer um I'll let the you know the people outside the building or the recruits making the decision to, to evaluate both and uh let them kind of actually give me feedback on what they see versus us and them I think it's always interesting but uh I really just focus on what we we offer, um, how we offer it, and then uh, and maybe how and why maybe I'm different uh, than others. Um, I pride myself on that. Um, so, uh, you know, for the the, the multitude of reasons, um, I kind of just again convey our information, make sure they're very clear on that. They have a clear picture of who we are, and then if that's not for them, that's fine. You know, but I want to make sure that they're making a decision based on real information about how. Uh, our approach uh, to worldviews and how our culture is in the building, you know. Got it. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. All right, we'll go next to uh, Tim Hall, 97.1, the fan. Tim? All right, sorry, I think I'm good now. Brian, I was just wondering, I was looking up some uh, numbers and watching some some clips from Terry McLaurin this morning, and first I was wondering if you if you stay in touch with him, and I also was wondering if just the player that he's turned into – really his skills and the type of person that he is, if that gives you even a better idea of what you are looking for and what kind of wide receivers you would gravitate towards? Uh, I think that, uh, oh, definitely stay in touch with Terry. We, uh, we talk a lot. I would say, I don't think it's really changed my, my viewpoint. I think my viewpoint's kind of always been the same. I kind of always had my opinion. It'll evolve a little bit, but I wouldn't say it's based purely on Terry. I think Terry's a phenomenal player. I thought he was a phenomenal player when he was here. I think that, um, a lot of what he has uh, been able to accomplish so early in his career has not been overly surprising to me. I think that 
I'm really happy he's been given the opportunity or earn, I should say, earn the opportunity early in his career. Um, maybe didn't know how long that would take, but everything we see on Sundays, uh, you know, I, we saw in practice, you know, it's just the fine line between, um, you know, having roles and, and really filling those roles. And if you're asked to do a lot, you know, you can do a lot like he's doing in Washington, but uh, we had some, we have so many different guys that do different things. And, uh, and uh, he really exemplified his role, whether it be on special teams or offense and, and got really, really good at being a receiver at Ohio state and then took those skills onto the NFL. And now the rest of the country can kind of see them. I had one on your current receiving core and it's, I think Chris and Garrett are just doing so well right now. It's not that we're not seeing any of your freshman receivers, the true freshmen, but so much was made of, of guys like Julian Fleming. And we saw a great touchdown catch from Jackson Smith and Jigba. Just wondering if you can give some insight into what these true freshmen are doing in practice throughout the week and who's really catching your eye. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, they're all studs, man. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, Many different thoughts. I think they're doing a really good job. I think that their ability um, to learn multiple spots that they have to get in the game um, is really hard for a young receiver. Uh, a lot of guys are making a big impact on special teams. Uh, those roles will continue to grow. Uh, but, you know, this is a different kind of year. To, to expect things to be the same as before it would be a, a poor assumption. So, you know, these guys are, are, are doing a really good job. And uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, if I want to be a really, really, really good receiver, I want to play with the best. And uh, these are some guys that I want to come play with. So uh, these guys uh, uh, keep you very, very, very optimistic when it comes to the receiver room at Ohio State. All righty. We've got a lot of hands raised, so let's just try to limit it to one question if we can. We'll go to uh, Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch next. Bill. Hi, Brian. the Ohio State receiving group the last several years has been characterized by balance. Um, that's obviously not the case this year with, with Garrett and, and Chris. Uh, are, are you comfortable with, with the way that the, the past have been distributed? Obviously, those guys are great players, and maybe you just want the ball in their hands as much as possible. But it, are you fine with the balance right now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I, I would want every single person – all 15 of us to have 100 catches for 1,500 yards and all be finalists on the Blitnikoff. Uh, but it's probably not realistic, probably. So I think that, you know, as natural, as competitors, as athletes, I mean, you're going you're gonna to talk to the leading receiver on the team sometimes, not necessarily our team, but a lot of teams, and they still think they can do more. They still want the ball more. They still want to make more of an impact. They still want to block more. They, you know, so it, as, that's the on, ever ongoing uh, – you know, habits or, or I should say, what should I say, you know, mindset for an elite athlete. We always want to do more. We can do more. Let me do that route. I can do that route. I mean, so it never changes. I think that um, every year is different. Uh, and uh, as long as we continue to, you know, win in the winning column, put the right numbers in the winning column, uh, everyone's going to be uh, just A-OK. So uh, really focusing on that, how do we provide impact, whether it be as, as you know, catching the ball, blocking on the perimeter, special teams, and frankly, just having a good attitude and coming in the building and giving a great scout look sometimes. Everyone carries a role, and uh, our job is to be the best at that role. So I think we kind of exemplify that. We'll continue to build on it. I'm not saying there's ever not any some frustrations. There always is. We're athletes. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we know what's most important. All right, next up, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Dan. 
Hey, Brian, I mean, with Chris and Garrett both playing a majority of a snap so far this year, is it in your in your eyes? Is it hard to take either of them off the field with how well they've both played so far this year? Uh, I, I wouldn't say. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a fluid situation. I think that you know we've done a good job. I would say we probably have to go back and look at it, um, but maybe the, the the pace at which we go. I'm not. I don't know if it's the same as far as needing the sub and all those things. But at the end of the day. Uh, we feel pretty good at where we're at. We're continuing to keep be mindful of that. At the end of, and we really, you know, it's not a 12-game season, you know, and, and, and hopefully we'll fully get there, but at least from a regular season standpoint. Uh, so the, the play count's going to be different this season, and, and the guys aren't going to have nearly probably the load at the end of the year when you go back and check it, you know, check it all out. So that's all part of the equation. Uh, you know, the amount of time we're getting some two tight end formations in there in the game. I mean, there's a lot that goes in there when it comes to rotation and kind of come to, you know, snaps. But uh, right now it's a week-by-week week, uh, analysis whether, you know, we do get – five wideouts in there or, or one, you know, just, it all depends on game plan and, and kind of where we're at currently. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Next up, Nathan Baird, Cleveland.com. Nathan. Hey, Brian, you, you just mentioned special teams a little bit ago as far as the freshman contributions. And I, uh, it's something all, all of you coaches bring up from time to time. I'm wondering how special teams performance factors into your evaluation of the athletes in your room. If you understand what I'm asking, like, does it, is it a part of how you're, assessing what role those guys can get or what they can what they can do long term yeah absolutely I think that um there's a lot that goes into that I think that the general statement frankly is that uh if we can't trust you on special teams I don't know how we're going to trust you on offense or defense so and not that one's less than the other it's just that when it comes to earning roles everything comes through to special teams uh, before we can get to offense and defense. And uh, the best players play at Ohio State, and that's how we look at it. So um, that's never going to change. I think that uh, you got to play at a high level on special teams because really there's, there's nothing more that exemplifies football in its, in its uh, um, simplest form than, you know, blocking, you know, unselfish play and, uh, and scheme-oriented. Um, so – you know, if you're a great blocker in order to play on offense, why aren't you holding up on pump block or, or blocking somebody on KOR? So um, we view it that way. I think that uh, it's tough to get on special teams. And it's not just easy. Nothing's just given to somebody. We say the best players play. So you'd be really good at your roles. You've got to take special teams periods and individual periods really uh, important as you do like receiver drills. And uh, the more we do that, the more it translates into offense and defense. And so it's definitely a big part of – uh, our eval, you know, when we, Coach Barnes or or uh, Coach Parker Fleming asks, you know, do you trust this guy? Will you get this job done? You know, you're going to get seven reps a game if you're on punt maybe or a punt block or KOR. It's a one-shot, one-kill mentality, and you got one shot. You don't, you don't line back up and do it again. So uh, you got to make sure guys operate at a high level, and, uh, and trust is a big factor uh, in those plays. All right, we'll go next to Dave Biddle from 247. Dave? Mike, hey, Brian. Um, when you look at Jamison Will, uh, Williams and the four freshmen, uh, who are one or two guys out of that group that really needs to step up as maybe that number three wide receiver, number four wide receiver for you guys down the stretch? No, they're all stepping up. They're all doing a good job. Uh, there's not necessarily one in particular that needs to do more. We've got to continue to do what we're doing at a high level. And, uh, and when the plays come to us, we've got to make the play. We've got a competitive excellence. Uh, and uh, 
And really, I think we've continued to do that. That's got to build. And, and although uh, you didn't point out Chris or Garrett, they've got to continue to improve. They cannot play uh, game eight as they have in game three, or we will not be where we want to be. So everyone's a part of that. Uh, and uh, we all have to continue to make strides. Thanks, man. All right, we got time for uh, two more questions here with Coach Hartline, and then we'll bring in Coach Madison. Uh, so we will go to Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Austin. Ryan, obviously that uh, drop was not, you know, the kind of splashy play that Julian wanted to make as a freshman. As a coach, how do you, how do you turn that into the teaching point? How did he respond to that, uh, putting it on the ground? Well, you know, there, was, you know, there were some teaching moments earlier in, in practice that uh, coached up the same technique. And uh, we didn't take it maybe fully to heart, I would say. I think that since then, uh, we have uh, had a much more uh, focused approach when it comes to that technique we've spoken about. And, uh, and hopefully that will continue. Uh, and not that he's ever resistant, but sometimes as uh, very skilled athletes, uh, the coaching, although is heard, uh, although you listen, you may not really hear it per se. And, uh, and so uh, when trying to prevent a future mistake uh, as a coach, uh, the mistake still showed up. So it was a good learning opportunity and uh, re-solidify some things uh, uh, that we believe here uh, in the receiver room. So all good there, but we'll learn from it and grow from it. Thanks, man. And uh, last question, we'll go to Rob Aller from the Columbus Dispatch. Rob. Hey, Brian, you've been part of uh, and seen some pretty good quarterback-wide receiver combos. You know, Glenn was back there with Galloway. Hey, where do you put this current quarterback-receiver uh, combo? And really what I want to ask you is, what are the details? Can you detail what makes it work? Why does a why does a quarterback receiver what really clicks there to make it great? I think I think we only, Rob, I appreciate that, but I think we only have like thirty seconds to answer this question. That'd be a lengthy discussion. But I, you know, where do we compare? I don't know. I mean, give me the win loss column. I'll let you know. You know, because that's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, when put in a clutch moment, um, do we make the play? Don't we? Uh, but, but to have those kind of combinations to be, you know, really highly skilled, if the quarterback has no freaking time, you can't throw a pass. If the, the receiver doesn't know how to get out of the route, you can't, can't complete it and have clean body language. So there's so much that goes into um, all facets of offensive play. I know you know that. But, you know, it, to, to pinpoint, you know, a group or say, I would say we're very skilled at both positions. I think that we're very, you know, I think we're getting better. I think that we understand that, uh, our route technique and our route timing affects the ability for the O-line to block, and they don't have all day. We never, frankly, have enough time. We're always under the gun. The quarterback's under the gun. So it's still a learning thing. I think at the end of the day, any kind of good passing game always comes down to the details. It's not necessarily skill-oriented. It's not about the overall talent. It's, the about, it's more about the ability to be consistent and hit details and be at the spot you're supposed to be when the quarterback expects you to be there. You know, in its simplest form, that's really what it comes down to, uh, to have young guys, uh, frankly, even in Chris and Garrett, to uh, uh, learn at such a high pace and, and learn that quickly has been very important. Um, and uh, that has to continue. We're still not there yet. I think those guys know it. And frankly, our details change weekly. So um, our ability to take the meeting room to the field is probably the, the, the most important part of any kind of offensive attack, whether it be in a run game or pass game. And uh, our ability to execute at a high level will allow everyone at the end of the game, at the end of the year, uh, do those comparisons. But as of right now, it's, uh, it's all found in the details, and we focus uh, uh, with immense time on those details. 
Thank Coach Hartline, thank you very much for your time. Have a good day. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brian. Now, after a quick break, we will be right back with the interview sessions with Greg Madison and Zach Harrison. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. Next up at the virtual podium is co-defensive coordinator Greg Madison. All right, Coach Madison, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will start with Stephen Meads from Cleveland.com. Stephen. Hey, Coach. Uh, now that you've had a few games under your belt, the, the, first of all, the decision to move Baron Browning from Will Linebacker from inside the box to outside the box, I guess, what did you see in him that made you feel comfortable in moving him to that position? And also, how do you think he's performed in that role so far? Well, I think he, I think he's done a, a, a very good job so far. And I, the, the good thing uh, with the, uh, the way we move our linebackers around, uh, it, it really helps us to have a young man that has played inside, uh, just like Pete did. I mean, Pete was outside. So, you know, we look at the three linebacker position as all being one. And, uh, and our guys can play all three positions. Justin Hilliard's been another guy that has done a really, really good job in there along with, the, with Tuff and, and Pete and those guys. So uh, we've been very, very pleased with our linebacker position. All right, we'll, we'll go next to Tim May from Leonard Monroe. Tim? Excuse me? It's Tim May. Sorry, Coach. Okay. It's Tim May. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, you're a veteran coach. What goes into – the idea of blitzing. I'm, I want to kind of pick your brain on what the you know the young guy at uh, Indiana is doing from a defensive coordinator side. I know you don't study them, but what what just goes into the idea of blitzing, frequency of blitz, and usually when you're blitzing a lot, does it mean you're covering up for maybe some other uh, disadvantage elsewhere? No, uh, the, the philosophy uh, that everybody's had in the defensive part of it is is you don't want the offense to feel comfortable. And, uh, you know, when you say the word blitz, old days blitz used to be bringing six and seven people. That's not yeah. the case anymore. You know, what you want to do is you want to make sure that the, the offensive line isn't sure where and who they're supposed to block. So it may be bringing somebody, but it's still the same amount of people that are coming after the quarterback. And, uh, and they've done a really good job of it. And, and uh, you know, that – that's always been a case where you want to make sure that the people you're playing against don't feel comfortable. Thanks, man. Yep. All righty. We'll go next to uh, Tony Gerdeman from Buckeye Scoop. Tony. Greg, regarding Josh Proctor, what allow, what about him allows you to play him in so many different positions and, and what are you guys getting out of him right now? Uh, what allows us to do that is you're, you're dealing with a – 
a tremendous athlete. I mean, this this guy can run, can hit, uh, and a great young man, just like like our whole group is. But you know, the thing that that, that Proctor brings to the table is this guy can really, really run. He's played a lot of football and uh, he's physical, and that allows you to play him at a lot of different places. Thank you. All right, next up we'll go to Steve Hellwagon, 247. Steve. Hey, Coach, how are you doing? Uh, just Good wanted team. to ask you, uh, looking at the champions list from the Rutgers game, um, I don't know, just how difficult is it for a defense to play its best football? when some of the key veterans, you know, guys like Browning, Werner, Garrett, uh, Zach Harrison, didn't grade out as champions. It just what have the conversations been like the last two weeks to kind of get those guys' level of play back up where it needs to be, I guess. And not to pick on them, just in no, general thought. Steven, you're, you're right. And the thing that makes the Silver Bullets something special is that there's a bar, there's a level that you have to play at. And it doesn't matter who you're playing at, what you're doing. And they know it. The backers know it's not, you know, how many tackles did you make? How many this, how many that? It's did you play up to the level that is expected of you in that position? They happen to be very, very talented young men. And so the bar for them is a lot higher than a lot of other people. And, uh, and the one thing I, I'm really proud of our staff for is we're, we're very honest with our players and our players appreciate that and, th and they understand that. And so, you know, if you didn't make champion, uh, then there's a reason why. Let's get that corrected and then let's move on to the next week. And that's what we've done with our players. Yeah, and just looking at the second half the last two weeks, Penn State and Rutgers both yep. uh, were able to accomplish quite a few things. Uh, in your mind, I know looking at the box score, you were playing backup players from the first series against Rutgers in the second half and not the scapegoated as that. But just in your mind, uh, what was maybe a difference in the second half performance both those games? Tackling. Tackling was everything. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Stephen, you bring up a great point. And, and we have always on our goal board, uh, you know, a limit, uh, don't allow the team to score in the fourth quarter. And, and if, if you do that, you're usually going to win every game. But more importantly, what it does is it sets the bar for the younger players that go in. That when you're a younger player going in a game as a mop-up role, you've got to play at a level that is, is higher than you've played at uh, just to be able to be a Buckeye and to be in this defense. And, uh, and we've got to get better at that. That's something we've talked about and we've worked on hard. Thanks. All righty, next up, we'll go to Austin Ward, Letterman Row. Austin. Greg, you've been around a lot of great pass rushers in your career. We've, we've been sort of thinking that that would come for Zach Harrison. Uh, he's got all those tools. What will be the next step for him, uh, you know, as he breaks into that lineup more for you guys? Well, I think just keep doing what he's doing. I mean, uh, when you play for Coach Johnson, the one thing you're going to do is you're going to work as hard or harder than anybody that plays the game at that position. And you're going to be getting taught the technique better than anywhere else. So all he has to do is keep doing what he's doing. And, and that's the way it is with all young players in this on this program but keep doing what they're doing and uh and, and listen to the coaches and you're gonna you're gonna end up being where you have to be zach's special zach's a special young man he's so talented uh and he comes to work every day just like all the other guys do i mean I, i'm so proud of, of this group you don't you guys don't understand but i mean what what they're going through what they go through with this covid and what they've gone through with 
hope uh, possibly not playing a season for a while there. And for them to take care of themselves physically and, and do the things they've done and to work the way they've done, I don't know if I'll ever be around a group like this. I'm so proud of them. Thanks, Greg. All righty, we'll go next to Nathan Baird, Cleveland.com. Nathan? Hey, Greg. Um, similarly, uh, Tuff Borland, I know he's someone that you guys have, have put a lot of trust in for a long time, but it seems like he's playing some of his best football this season. How would you sort of contrast how he's playing this year with what we saw from him last season? I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, and I've said that to a number of times. Uh, Tuff is definitely playing the best football he's ever played. The thing you got to remember about Tuff, it's been two years now, I think, since he had that Achilles. I mean, you look at the guys in the NFL and the players that have had Achilles, and it's the same thing with Justin Hilliard. I mean, for these two guys to be playing the type of football they're playing right now, it, that's, that's amazing. And it's a real credit to our training staff, and it's a real credit to our strength staff to get them back. And, and you're never going to be as good as you're supposed to be right away. But Tuff's been a guy that's worked on everything, and now I think he's right at the, right at the top of his game and uh, will continue to be there throughout the season. All right, we'll go next to Bill Rabinowitz from the Columbus Dispatch. Bill. Hi, Greg. When you look at Indiana, what are the biggest challenges they present to you? Well, I, I think Indiana is an outstanding team. It's the best team we've played so far. I really believe that, and I'm not saying it to, to talk. Uh, trust me, you know me better than that. I don't do that. I watch them on film. This quarterback can put the ball where he wants to put it. They have very, very good wide receivers. I mean, they'll catch the football, and, and anytime you have a tight end like they have, that it, it, it goes right with their wide receivers. Uh, this is going to be a big challenge. This is an outstanding uh, offensive football team, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one that we're looking forward to playing. In terms of your secondary, um, that's still the biggest question on your defense, I would think. How, how ready do you think they are for this challenge? Well, I think we'll find out in this game. And, and the thing that I've been proud of, we probably have had the best week and a half of practice with our secondary and with the other positions on the team. But with our secondary, it, it, they've really you can really watch them in practice. They seem like they're really, really coming together and really starting to get it. And the thing that has to happen with secondary is you need a whole group of guys playing. You can't just be one guy out there. And uh, that's what this group, I think, has done. They're really, uh, they're really improving. Thanks, Greg. Yep. All right, next we'll go to Dan Hope from 11 Warriors. Dan. Hey, Greg, you were asked before about some of the issues in the second half against Rutgers and, you know, the backups that are in there. How much concern do you have about the fact that because of this shorter season, there aren't as many opportunities to get those guys more playing experience? Well, and, and Dan, you're exactly right. And that's why we played them when we do, you know, I mean, there's a lot of times, I mean, that's a big question for a coach. You know, you're sitting there and the game, you know, the game is probably over, but you're not sure yet. But then at the same time, you need to get some of those younger guys, some playing experience, cause you may need them next week. And there's no way to get better than to play in a game. So that's where you're at. You didn't have the three non-conference games that you usually have. So you have to find a way to get them experience and you don't like really doing that under the lights. You know, you'd rather do that in a, in a game that really isn't as big. And uh, that's what we're at. Does that factor into your thinking going forward here of maybe you pull the trigger and put those backups in a little bit sooner because the season is so short? 
I no, I don't think it's because the season is so short. It's because you know that you have it isn't going to change. Your depth's not going to change. So if you see that you need somebody to back up Pete Werner, you know, in case something happens, well, we better get that guy ready. And in in a game, if you have a lead and you look like you've got a good chance of winning this thing and doing what you want, then you got to get somebody in to get the experience. And that's that's what happens. Thanks, Greg. Yep. All right, we'll go next to Patrick Murphy, 247. Patrick? Greg, you mentioned the, the receivers for Indiana. Um, there's been a lot talked about the quarterback, but what is it specifically that you see that they do well that has made his job easier? I, I, I think the thing they, they do a really, really good job of is they get the ball out really quick. Uh, they catch the football. And, uh, you know, they, their philosophy is they're going to spread the field and they're going to they're going to see if they can't get it out quick before you get there and uh, and then go from there. And uh, the other thing you don't want to forget about this team is and everybody always wants to talk about pass, pass, pass. They have the ability to run the football. And uh, they've got a they've got a couple big running backs that uh, they can gain some yardage. And they got they got a couple pretty good tight ends that can block and they've got an offensive line that can block. So, you know, they've got a, they've got a, a, a good program right there. And so that's what, that's what really kind of gives them a, what they do. You've obviously got time for just a couple more. We'll go first to uh, Joey Kaufman from the Columbus dispatch. Joey. Greg, if this was a typical season, a, a top 10 matchup would have a, you'd have a crowd of 100,000 people and there'd be a lot of buzz in the building and a lot of juice, obviously is, is it harder to, to, to win games at home? Is there is the home field advantage neutralized more? What have you kind of found? Uh, no, I, it, 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 it's not harder than it has been before because uh, when you're going into the shoe, you better play like you're supposed to. And that, that's the bottom line. I mean, there's a there's an unbelievable tradition and that's what you do. And, uh, and there's also a real comfort in that you're here in your city and you're not on a plane, you're not on a long bus ride and everything like that. So home, home games are still home games. All righty. Uh, we've got time for two more. Uh, we'll go to Dave Biddle, 247. Dave. Hey, Greg. Um, I want to ask you about some of the young linebackers. Uh, Dallas Gantt seems to be flashing. Kind of, What do you see his future being the rest of the season? Maybe some of the other guys like Craig Young, uh, Taraja Mitchell, uh, some of those guys, Pope, uh, just uh, kind of what do you foresee their roles being going forward? Yeah, you, the guys you mentioned, you know, you've got uh, uh, Cody Simon in that group. Uh, I mean, you've got everybody you could mention right there. Uh, all of them show that they have the potential to be outstanding players. And, and just exactly what we talked about before, uh, David, that's, that, that's where you're at. You know, you see them in practice. You see some of the good things they do in practice. Uh, Kay Pope and uh, Craig Young and, and the whole group of them. Dallas, you mentioned Dallas and Taraja Mitchell. I mean, all of them, I can keep going. And uh, they show signs. But until you see them in a game, you really don't know. And uh, and when you're playing against your offense in practice, you know you you're, you're not hitting. You're you know you're thudding and everything like that. So that's why you try to get them in those games to give them a chance to play. Thank you. The last question for Coach. We'll go to Brendan Gulick from Buckeyes Now on Sports Illustrated. Brendan, I'll tell you what, Mike. I'll let you have someone else have the last question because I was specifically going to ask about the backup linebackers and Coach just addressed that. So I'll let someone else go. All right, we'll go to Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Spencer. 
Greg, everybody focuses a lot on the defensive ends, but, but the two defensive tackles that have really been playing well for you, what, what do you see from them? And, and have you been around a, 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 a tandem of defensive tackles that have played as well as they are right now? Well, you know, I don't know, I don't know about I'll measure that, but I am going to tell you they're playing really, really well. I mean, that's it, it, that's so group that group uh, uh, of Garrett and, uh, and, and Togai and that whole group of guys that are out there, they just roll through playing as hard as they can. And uh, again, that's that's what you do when you play defensive line here. You know, and that's what you're expected to do. But the great thing, and again, Larry's done it again. I mean, you got a group of guys that are playing at a top level, and uh, that's got that's that's really important for us throughout the rest of this season. Coach Madison, thank you very much for your time today. Have a great day. Yep, thank you guys. Appreciate it. And finally, today we hear from sophomore defensive end Zach Harrison. are joined by Zach Harrison. Uh, we'll uh, start the questioning with Tim May. Leonard Monroe, lead us off, Tim. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's hard to get into a rhythm, but uh, it's, uh, I mean, the rotation is just there to help us. It's, it's, it's only good things, I, I think, because, you know, football's, football's hard, it's tiring. You know, if we're going full speed, you're not going to be able to play the whole game at full speed. It's just not realistic, so. I mean, so guys come in and stay fresh and keep us fresh and rotate. And by the end of the game, the O-line, they've been in there every single play. And we've only had, like, 20 plays going into the fourth quarter. We're all still relatively fresh. And that's when we start really picking up picking up speed. But do you ever have moments out there where maybe you're feeling it, you think you're getting things going for yourself, and all of a sudden you see Tyler or Cooper or Javante or somebody coming to get you, and you're this in the back of your head thinking, no, 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 let me stay out here for a couple more snaps. I mean, I'm kind of rolling here. Yeah, but that's never in the back of my head. It's always like, all right, I, I set this tackle up with my, my rushing skills, and now now Tyler, Javante, or Cooper, Tyrese going to come in with their skill set, and they're going to, you know, mix it up for the second. He's used to pass setting against me for this drive, and then it's a whole new passer to coming in, and that's really when big plays happen. Next. All right, we'll go next to Dan Hope from 11 Warriors. Dan. Yeah, Zach, I know that you started a game opposite Coop, I think, Tyler Friday started one. I think Javante started one. Just kind of how does Larry Johnson communicate that with you all in terms of, you know, who might be in that starting lineup each game? I mean, with Coach Jay told us he has, he has five star defensive ends. So he said all five of us are capable of starting. It's really just who runs out there first is, is, is the starter for that week, you know. So he, he, he's rotated the guys, everybody except for Coop because he's the oldest. He's the senior. He's OG. So he starts, starts all the games. And, and the rest of us have, have our chance to start, you know playing games. Thanks, Zach. All right, next up, uh, Austin Ward, Letter Monroe. Austin. Well, Zach, this is a similar question, but there, there's this idea that maybe you would have played uh, more this year, more snaps, that you know, you'd be this next in line to play a bunch. But everything you're describing sounds like you're happy with it, that it's a, what you expected, you know, that you don't have any problems with it. Is this what you envisioned for, you know, the first three or four games? I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, we're 3-0, so that's what I envision. There's just one in every, all the games. So I'm happy with my playing time, with my production, with all the other ends and their, their playing time. And we're just, we're happy to, to be, like I said, be 3-0. Thanks, man. 
All right, we'll go next to uh, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Joey. Zach, uh, playing this season without fans at, at home games, do you feel like you guys um, lose something by not having fans, either from just like a competitive standpoint, not being able to, to kind of feed off the crowd energy or that sort of thing, or does it kind of doesn't matter? I mean, I mean, yeah, definitely fans being there, that's a, that's a huge part of the game. You know, fans have momentum and energy and – Big plays happen, the fans go crazy, and that's when, you know, you will start to roll in. And then not having that this year, we've had to focus on, you know, bringing our own energy. So if somebody makes a sack, the sideline got to go crazy to simulate the energy that the fans would be bringing. But it's also something that we can't use as a handicap because every other team doesn't have fans either. So it's not something that we can just be like, oh, well, this happens because there's no fans. It's not an excuse. We still got to go out and execute at a high level. Does it feel like more of an equalizer, like when you guys were on the road to Penn State? Being easier than although you actually weren't there um, in the last trip, so maybe should I? I would. I mean, I mean, I would think so. I mean, always playing on the road is tough with fans, and and, and them not being there, you know, definitely, definitely had an impact on the game. But I'm not sure how much it, would, it affected the outcome of the game. It definitely would have affected the game, though. Thanks. All right, we'll go next to uh, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Road, Spencer. Zach, yesterday Tyler was talking to us about making Michael Penix uncomfortable and how important that is because he, he's just he's better when he's a comfortable passer. But he also likes to get the ball out of his hands quickly. How do you make a guy uncomfortable when he's getting the ball out quickly and there's not much time to get pressure on? I mean, you're not you're not always going to get get to the quarterback and get a sack or a hit to get pressure. You know, you can you can get pressure by getting hands in his face, you're getting bodies around him, it makes quarterbacks uneasy, and that's and that's some of the pressure that we've got to apply all throughout the game, if it's not necessarily getting sacks and hits and other things like that, hurries and, and, and tip passes, that, that affects the quarterback as well. All right, next up, Nathan Baird, Cleveland.com. Nathan? Zach, what's the most important thing that you've learned from being around Jonathan Cooper? Just work hard, hard work. and uh, Actually, it's not even that. It's, it's a bunch of stuff, you know. Coop, Coop's like a big bro. He, he took me under his wing. He... He really helped me a lot in every aspect of the game. So, really, a lot. What, what, what about this season specifically? Like, how is he helping you right now, this week? I mean, just uh, being critical, critiquing me on, on my pass rushes and my run fits and all that. He's been like, Zach, you know, you got to do this or that and the other. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll take that and, and add to my next rep and, and stuff like that, just, you know. Constantly being on and, and all, being on all the guys, you know, he's, he's like that with everybody. Just making sure that we're on 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 our P's and Q's, and we do the same for him. That's how it is in the, in the D line room. All righty, uh, we'll go next to Tony Gerdeman, Buckeye Scoop. Tony, Zach, I know you guys aren't allowed to hit Justin Fields in practice, but can as a pass rusher, can you describe his feel for that pass rush and, and maybe how frustrating it? Frustrating it can be for a defensive end. I mean, yeah, we wouldn't really know in practice because we, we can't really get close to him. But I mean, I, I see him in games, and it's you see guys have a free shot. And he'll just you know step out the way or, or take a step back and fire a laser down the field, complete to somebody. You know, Justin's a special athlete, and we're happy to have him as a Buckeye. Thank you. All right, we got time for one more, and we got uh, no hands raised. So if anyone wants to uh, throw a little wild card, that's that's cool. Or we'll let that go early. Whatever you want. 
Steven, go ahead. Hey, Zach, I know you didn't play um, the last time Ohio – you weren't on this team yet, but if I'm not mistaken, you were at Penn State the last time they played – last time Ohio State played at Penn State, correct? I was, yeah. So from that – being in the stands and being a part of the whiteout instead of being on the field, what was that situation like for you and that experience, like seeing that from that angle? It's crazy. I mean, the whiteout is one of the best experiences, I think, in college football. You know, that's that's – it's just the fact they had 110,000 fans, and it's loud. And it's it's a fun environment to play in. And uh, I mean, I was looking forward to playing in it, but uh, you know, due to COVID, we weren't we weren't allowed to get the full experience of the wide up. But, Thanks, Tim. If you got a quick one, we'll uh, we'll get you in there and then let Zach go. Tim. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. A rare double dip. Uh, I wanted to ask you this earlier, Zach. Have you ever gone against a guy who's six foot eight, six foot nine, three sixty, three seventy? I don't know if Caleb Jones is going to play Saturday. I would think he he might be. Missed last week's game, but uh, have you warmed up by going against Dewan Jones, or uh, how have you guys gotten ready to go against this mountain man? I mean, yeah, I do it every day in practice. Dewan's what six nine, and I don't even know what you weigh. He's a big dude, just like their tackle. I do it. We do it every day in practice, so just. And what's the, yeah? What's the key? What's the key when you're going against a big dude like that? What is kind of the you got to keep in mind? I mean, just really just the fundamentals, you know, hands, feet, and hips. That's what I always say about D line playing. Those are on point. Then you really can be any tackle they put in front of you. Thanks, man. Yep. All righty, Zach. Thank you very much. Have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys.